Hello and welcome to another episode of Late Do You Remember This? Um, today I have, I, I guess I can call him now a friend of the show. Uh, it's his second time on, so that makes us officially podcast friends. Um, <laughs> but also, I feel like despite never meeting you, my my real friend. Oh, you're, for real. You're you're a, a delight, a treat. Troy McKeady of the Smush Room. Hello. I am so happy to be here. Like I this is like a real safe space for me. Oh God, I love that. I mean, I I told you off mic that when I had the idea to talk about Mandy Moore, the only person that came to mind was you. And I didn't even know what your feelings were on Mandy Moore, but you didn't disappoint. Can you um can you talk to me about your your background with Mandy Moore, your love, your affection? Yes. You know, Mandy Moore is one of those people that like sometimes I don't even realize when I'm passionate about someone, but then I will go back and listen to myself talk about them on any something I've recorded and I'm like, oh okay, so clearly there's something <laughs> There's something going on with that. Uh, there's something that you need to work through or whatever, but you clearly you talk at the mic in a really aggressive way when they get brought up. Like, I just love her. And I think that she, <clears throat> I'm really fascinated by the, like the girls of that time period who were sort of like written off because they weren't. Yes, written. absolutely. You know, and like now they have like an even more interesting story to tell, like, you know, case in point, Jessica Simpson's book. Like, there's even more of a fascinating story because they were written off in such a fucked up way. And I've just always thought Mandy was like so talented and just got like such a bad. Um, she was dealt such a bad hand of like the entertainment industry. I completely agree, and I think I mean we'll get into all of it, but just from the jump, I think a huge part of that is she. I think if she had come of age, maybe like right now, she -hmm. would have done, or a different time period, she would have done a little better. But I think they tried to make her into Britney Spears and she just genuinely didn't. That's not, it's not her voice. It's not her style. Right. So it just, that was just never going to work for her. It's like, God forbid you were a white blonde woman born at a certain time. Like you just really had no choice like you know what I mean like you said that wasn't her thing at all and like it became such a weird thing where like everybody had to be their labels version of Britney so it was like yeah not only do you have to be Britney but we have to like put some sort of spin on you where like you're this Britney you know what I mean absolutely I mean you know another person who totally understands that is um Sheena Shea I mean That um, rando guy uh, from the first episode of Vanderpump Rules really wanted um, his porn star, Britney. And yeah. that's not Sheena, okay? That's not Sheena. At the end of the day, she's not your freak, bitch, okay? okay. And that's just tea. <laughs> that's just the tea? Um, <laughs> would you like milk and sugar, okay? <laughs> she's as good as gold, but she's not your freak, bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so... I would like to start the so the reason why this whole idea was sparked uh, to talk about Miss Moore, Amanda Lee, is because I saw her 
at, uh, she did a residency in Los Angeles. She did four shows. I, uh, I saw one of them. Tell me everything. It was okay. It was a wild experience. So it was at this, like, I mean, like a legit, um, respected kind of indie music venue. Okay. Um, we, I, I went with my fiance and, uh, one of our friends is like a, a music manager and he like made it and he's so not like a Mandy Moore person at all. <laughs> he's, okay. he's such a straight boy, but he like made a few calls and I'm, I'm sure everyone was like, what? You, you want some tickets to Mandy Oh my God, Moore? I'm obsessed. He's like, can you get me the vitamin C show or not? Can you do it? I just, <laughs> I need a yes or a no. If it's not you, I gotta, I gotta move on to the next person. <laughs> now. I gotta go down my Rolodex here for Mandy. Okay. Um, but so we, we go and this venue has like two different rooms. One's really big for like bigger acts and the other one's like a a, a much smaller room. Mm -hmm. And we thought it would be in the bigger room. Instead, it turns out that Mandy insisted to have the smaller room, but, um, there were no, like you had to stand in line for tickets the day of, um, you couldn't buy them online or anything. So people were standing in line. Okay. Um, I mean, except for me, because I mean, <laughs> I don't wait in line. Okay. <laughs> I'm very chic. Okay. Um, but so they let, I mean, it so many people in to the degree where I was like, good Lord, if this place catches a blaze, uh, good night. Oh like, my God. Okay. We are, it was, packed like sardines we like we got in on the earlier side before everyone really filled in and we're like oh let's go to the the back um and and then all of a sudden there was just like a million people so my fiance overturned a trash can so i could stand on it oh my god I'd, okay a gentleman a true gentleman uh so i spent the entirety of the concert um, kneeling on a trash can. I had two enormous bruises on my shins. <laughs> you that's the equivalent of him letting you float on the door to like wait for the lifeboat to come. He is my Jack. <laughs> Literally, like that is the most gentlemanly thing I've ever heard. He is true. He is a true gentleman. Um, I'm going to put it in our wedding vows. Like, thank you for overturning <laughs> that trash can at the Mandy Moore concert. <laughs> Just the thought of you like, like sitting on your knees on the back of a trash can is like my favorite thing. <laughs> and for such a long time. And then as the show started, like people started sort of like moving uh, like and getting closer <laughs> together. So then at one point I like, I was in real pain. I was like, I gotta like adjust. Mm-hmm. And, but at that point um, there was just like a bunch of people crowded around my trash can. And oh, I was like, no. and I was like, I live here now. <laughs> oh no. You had like your own stage. I had my own stage, but so the concert was very interesting. She did all new music. Okay. Um, and except for the last two songs, she, she closed with candy, which was like, it lit up the crowd so hard that must be nice for her and but i 
the problem was she should have started with that or like put it midway or put another song that people know because the whole thing was just like really slow Joni Mitchell tracks where Mm. you just like take an edible and like Mm -hmm. start hallucinating and just like falling asleep. I was going to ask you what version of Mandy she's giving. Cause you know, it's like, it's either like swinging jazz Mandy or like I like, like you said, like Joni Mitchell strumming a guitar, like suddenly my hair covers my nipples. Like, you know. Okay. So it was like, uh, okay. (laughs) So she comes out and I just couldn't believe the outfit she was wearing because mm. it was like a tweed uh, blazer. Okay. In just like neutrals, just truly no showmanship in that department. Um, and then all the music was very like, uh, it was like musical theater, Joni Mitchell. Oh God. That's on brand. I get that though. Like I really understand what you're saying. And, uh, oh, and then also, so she had all of these um, guests, mm-hmm. and one of them was the guy who plays Toby on This Is Us. Okay. Which was, her, like, I was so mad. Like, what did he do? What did he do? Okay, so he comes out with, like, a pork pie hat or something and sunglasses. It is so dark in there. <laughs> There was simply no reason to, I mean, listen, I'm totally fine with an indoor sunglasses moment. Yeah. But when it's that dark, (laughs) it's like, bitch, you cannot make this commitment to try and look cool when you are Toby on This Is Us. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a blatant, like you said, such a blatant, like, I want you all to think I am cool. It's like so, it's such a blatant, like, it re- like a vulnerable moment to do that it really it okay so she comes out she does a song um <laughs> i hate to keep calling him my fiance because that sounds like so pretentious like uh like oh, we're she- french we're getting married <laughs> no do it i like it um so he was just like his critique of the whole thing which i thought was very accurate was she would like introduce a song and she'd be like so I love LA and I really wanted to write a song about LA. Here's the song. And then it would be like, LA. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just all like very on the nose. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm literally, I'm going to die. Stop. His other take, and I agree with this, is it did not feel like a woman who wanted to be doing what she was doing in the moment. Like, I sort of walked away from it wondering if she really loves performing, live Mm. performing, or is this something that, like, she this is what she's done her whole life and she sort of, like, feels like she should be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was just so um, kind of reserved and awkward. Okay. Like it didn't feel. It. I don't know. It felt a little, a little reserved. Um, but her voice sounded great. Her husband, 
her husband. He was playing um, in the band. Okay. And he seems like a nice guy, but he also was like, do you know anything about Casey Musgraves' husband? Yeah, yeah. It was like on that level where it's just like a, he got to sing a song and it was just like, I'm traveling down the back roads of... <laughs> and he's just making all of these faces as he sings. I can't, I can't. And then they, they did two covers. And <clears throat> now, if we remember, Mandy Moore loves a cover. Yes, okay. for sure. Uh, but she did one of the... Co- I can't remember what the second one was. But one of them was... Oh, one was a Tom Petty song, and it wasn't even like American Girl. It, right. it was like a not one of his funner tracks. Okay. And then the other one was a big group number with Toby from This Is Us, and they did uh, We All Shine On, which is so, I mean, I was like, no, Mandy, come on. <sighs> not the right audience. But then her husband, like, does this, um, like, he had a guitar solo, and he was just, like, making this ridiculous face and, like, <laughs> rocking his socks off. <laughs> and Mandy sort of, like, reverently stands oh. back and, like, watches him. And she was, I mean, she was loving it. Uh, she, like, lets her man do his thing. Let's him do his thing. She's just happy that, like, He's not as talented and right. not, like ruining her life like her oh, last husband. Right, yeah. Um but yeah, and then she did um the I can break your heart any day of the week, and then she closed with candy. But she refused <sighs> to do the speaking part in candy. Really? She was like when it got to the speaking part, she was like um, and you all know what happens here, and I'm not going to do it. Wow. You know, it really makes me sad that, like, that I guess she lives in this, like, Miley universe where all of her music at a certain year before just doesn't exist. Like, Mandy had, like, a lot of hit songs. and Yeah. I think it would be fine like, a lot of those songs would lend themselves to being sort of, like, remade or, like, whatever. Like, like sort of tinkered with a little bit. Like, Candy wasn't the only thing. But maybe in her mind, that is the only thing she's known for because it's the only thing she gets asked about. But to people who were, like, fans of hers or even just knew who she was, she had a lot of songs. Like, good ones. Absolutely. I mean, and I could tell by the audience there were a lot of fans there that if she had played something from Wild Hope, which I was begging for, truly begging for it. And, and those songs are songs that like, I don't think she has to feel weird about. I get that Candy is like silly and all those like earlier stuff is like definitely not her vibe now. Right. But Wild Hope is. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Did you, um, were you a big Wild Hope fan back in the day when it came out? 1,000. Yes, I was. Uh, (laughs) Oh, oh, who, me? Me? Hello, me. It's funny you ask, girl. Um, 
No. <laughs> um, I actually, though, like, I want to run a theory by you because I have, I have a theory about Mandy Moore's, like, music. And, like, you tell me if you think that I'm just, like, reading too much into Mandy Moore. Oh, my God. Lay it on me, baby. <laughs> I think that Mandy Moore, because... I don't think Mandy Moore has ever felt, like, in like any sort of ownership of her, like, music ability, right? Like... Yes. It's never been hers. Like, she went from being this, like, pop puppet to then, like, sort of being cast aside and kicked out of the music industry. And then she clawed her way back and... Ryan Adams like basically stole whatever like like whatever authentic truly like musical artist we would have gotten and or or any confidence that yeah. she had in her abilities yeah I feel like, like he definitely like fed into all of her um worst feelings about herself he like told her that all of those insecurities she has were right yeah because he used to tell her that she like wasn't a real musician and that like she shouldn't bother trying to learn how to play instruments because nobody will care what she like nobody wants to see that from her and like now it's like she lives in this weird world where like she thinks that people just want to hear like I think she has like fucked up ideas of what it means for her to be a musical artist like what people want to see from her you know I I completely agree with that I don't I don't it makes me sad like I don't I will not think that you are any less of an artist if you get up on stage and sing I want to be with you at all. And I also don't think that you're any more of an artist because you sing Tom Petty. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That, okay. So that was kind of my whole issue with the entire performance. And I wonder, so when we, when she was talking um, in between songs, and I realized like she was pretty much only going to do new stuff. I also realized that the whole residency was really like a practice for her Mm -hmm. to do these new songs before she goes Mm -hmm. on tour, which I totally understand. But at the same time, it was like a hundred degree room with a bunch of legit fans and she was just doing the new stuff. And it's like, I get it girl, but, and the, you know, whatever like she has to do what she has to do yeah but the feeling i got like doing tom petty songs and every single person on stage was a guy and they were sort of like all very like yeah i'm like a cool rock star guy wannabe there was no like let's get like a fun girl on here like let's have some whimsy or um showmanship it was very like i'm a serious musician yeah, and it's like she has to unfortunately come to the realization that like nobody is coming to a Mandy Moore show to like cry. I mean, if that happens, great. Yeah. But you don't show up. I don't I'm not saying that she needs to like put on parachute pants and literally sing candy. But it's like you could have a little fun at your show and nobody's gonna think that you're like not a real artist because you're having fun. Exactly. I, I think there must be like a lot of trauma around this like um feeling that she's not good enough or something i think because it she i couldn't believe she did after the whole show where it was just so slow and so low energy and then she gets to candy at the end and people just fucking went nuts she has so much animosity towards that song 
she does like she and she did you hear um the new song that came out and it's all about it's called like 15 or something came out like last week i don't think so i don't think i heard it okay you would know if you heard it because it's all about um basically that time period okay and it's like it's like pink cotton candy Oh, Haley Duff, or not Haley, uh, Hillary Duff was at the concert too. Fun. Was it an onlooker? I, uh, yeah, she was just like in the crowd. It was huh. uh, pretty cool. And I love how I called her Haley first. I feel like that's the first time that's ever happened where someone accidentally said Haley Duff before they said <laughs> Hillary. <laughs> if you had told me that Haley came out on stage, though, I'd be like, okay. Like, I wouldn't oh. like, you know what I mean? I'd be like, okay. I mean, if that had happened, I would have loved it. But no, it was just Hillary, like, hanging out, seeing a show on a Saturday night. Seeing a fellow pop, Pop-Tart who was uh, <laughs> chewed up and spat out by the music industry, coming to see her girl. Wow. <laughs> They're in the trenches together. Yeah, literally. Oh, my God. Well, oh, that kind of makes me sad because, and she's been doing this for, I mean, you like, if you take yourself out of it and think about how long Mandy's been like reinventing herself musically. I mean, it's Oh my been, God. Yeah. You know, over 10 years. Well, so I mean, Wild Hope was like a legit album for me. I, that was yep. like a moment in time. Um, like I was uh, driving from my college in Boston to go visit a guy that didn't like me <laughs> at the University of New Hampshire and I would just like listen to Gardenia and cry <laughs> in my in my 2005 Corolla. <laughs> it was such a good album though. It was so good. Oh my god. And it only recently got put back on or got put on Apple Music. Like it used to be you couldn't find it anywhere and I would have to listen to it on YouTube. I just you bringing it up I literally have already downloaded it. Well, and okay, so in doing uh, a little whisper of research for today's episode, mm-hmm. I realized that a lot of that album is about Zach Braff. I always forget about fucking Zach. I always forget. Me too. Which is crazy because he's dated like everyone ever. You know, he is like an unsung <coughs> Wilmer Valderrama type. Mm-hmm, for sure. Which, I mean, Wilmer gets the worst rap for it. And, like, listen, I hate Wilmer. <laughs> but uh, he's, like, not far off from Wilmer as far as, like, 
just going after these young starlets like mm-hmm. a little like a little leech on society i know it's weird because it's like <clears throat> he has the like he has like the image of like a, such a like a nice guy yeah like a nice dorky sweet guy you know and like wilmer has now wilmer's image is like he's like scar from lion king basically yes uh, <laughs> uh but yeah it just makes you wonder like what's going on behind the scenes because they do kind of circle the same like kitty pond you know what i mean and, and that's why i mean i have no issue with wilmer but except for the fact that like if you're only dating actresses and they're only of a certain age group and you keep getting older and they stay the same age. Yeah. I, I listen, baby, I got a problem. I know. I know. And like, you know, I'm just, not that I was there or whatever, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I've just read so much stuff about him, like allowing his girlfriends to just be fucking strung out like his girlfriends that have drug issues to just really yeah like really like like helping supply demi with like drugs and like not being this like shiny beacon of hope that they want you to think that he was in her life which like who yeah. like, you know really thinking about it it's like who would think that the guy who dated Lindsay lohan during like maybe her most troubled years um yes it was is like this like sweet gentile you know what i mean like of course like it's just he's just gross he's gross and you know he's hot and gross and he's hot he's hot and gross and of like okay mandy must have truly the worst taste in men of all time um because like zach braff wilmer you know ryan adams treated her like shit and then she ends up with, like, another douchebag Hollywood guy. I yeah. mean, at, at least this new guy isn't, you know, as as famous or whatever. But at the same time, that could be just as bad because he's he could end up resenting her. Yeah. I don't know. But one time I, I met Wilmer Valderrama. Tell me. Was he smoldering? I know he was. Okay, so... It was really an eye-opening experience. So, so I was uh, working at a Whole Foods and not like working at the Whole Foods. I was giving out samples for um, a matcha tea brand. Love that. Love. Already obsessed with the story. Um, and so it, and it's all, it was in Tarzana, which for those who don't know Los Angeles, there's like Los Angeles proper uh, like the city. And then Tarzana is like a half hour into like nothing. You know what it is? It's like when on Vanderpump Rules, when they make fun of everyone living in Valley Village. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's farther than Valley Village. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and that's where Wilmer lives. Um, I looked up after because I was like, why the fuck is he in Tarzana? Yeah. And I was like, okay, he lives there. Um, but so he he come like I see him, I clock him, and I'm like, oh my God, it's oh fucking Lord. Wilmer. And I just sort of like, okay, well, whatever. Be cool. Be cool. And he 
walks right up to me. It wasn't like a situation where he walked by and I was like, hi, would you like to try some matcha tea? It was yeah. like he saw me and walked right over. Oh my God. He probably thought you were Lindsay. I, that's what I figured. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I mean, listen, if uh, Lindsay needs any uh, connects to the uh, Whole Foods uh, sample industry, I've got her. <laughs> He was like, wait a minute. Is that a 2005 era Lindsay? It's, is that a mirage? <laughs> Does that Prairie Home Companion era my girlfriend? Huh. <laughs> um, but so he like, he comes right up to me. He It was not a situation where it's like two human beings like find themselves in the same area. It was like right. he he could have avoided me. He comes right up to me. He's like, oh, what's this? Like, oh, tell me all about it. So I oh give him my, my... fucking God. Yeah. So I give him the spiel. He tries some. He waves over his two douchebaggy, like, pussy posse looking friends. Mm-hmm. Basically, who he's replaced Ashton and uh, Danny Masterson with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And they, like, I give them some samples, and he's just, like, looking me in the eye, like, this is so good. He buys, like, four bottles of it. And I just, I I was like, wow, I totally get. Of course. Why he dates younger women. Yep. Because he is unmistakably charming i mean i was like wow i do feel like i'm the only yep woman in the room i feel like i'm the only woman in this whole foods in tarzana i feel like the only woman in whole foods in tarzana <laughs> right now with you telling me the retelling of the story <laughs> but it was it was so easy at the same time it was so easy to see through and i right. feel like if he when he talks to women his own age or with like half a brain Wow. Yep. They're like, oh, I know what's going on here. Like, mm-hmm. you are putting on a show. He's someone I could sense was like that kind of guy who needs to know that everyone in the room wants to fuck him. Yes. Like, he needs the constant validation that he is attractive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he is desirable. And even if he doesn't want to fuck you, he wants to know that you want to fuck him. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like he probably thought like, oh, I'm giving this girl like a little thrill right now, like looking her in the eye, like, re- like oh, you're like, ooh, like flirting yep. a little bit, but not in, not in like a, in any way where I actually thought he was like, oh, he came up to me because he's interested. It was just like, he must go places and really relish in, I feel like people recognizing him and i think he knew i recognized him because he like kind of saw me looking at him that is like i mean like you could not be uh, in my opinion like more accurate like i feel like that is him in a nutshell it's so many guys like him that fit into his category where it's like he's just like he's literally at this point just like a jesse metcalf like hunk yes do you know what i mean just like hunk guy like you're not casting Wilmer because you know that he would be incredible for this specific role nobody like needs Wilmer for literally anything but to look good at this point 
Absolutely. And he looked, he looked great, but it is so funny that like he was with Mandy. It it makes sense to me because she, I, I could see her not being savvy enough, especially at that age. Yeah. To, to, she wouldn't think twice about his charm. I always say that like, especially during her introduction, it's like, it, when you think about all of those girls, especially like from like that 98 period to like the mid 2000s, all of those young, naive girls being introduced into the music industry and just basically being like, um, like branded like little young, like, like slutty virgin whores, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and like all of these seedy, gross, fucking psychotic men around them just like salivating. I mean, yes. is like, if you take all of that, Mandy is like, the sugary topping that you put on top of that. Like, she was so naive and so innocent. I mean, she was basically blood in the fucking water for these guys. You know what I mean? So it's like, of course she attracted guys like Wilmer and and Ryan Adams. Like, of course. Like, she is... She literally defines what it means to be, like, an innocent blonde. Like, she is that girl. Whereas all the other girls were, like, pretending to be. Yes. And... Mandy was... Mandy was, and I feel like she still is. Like, mm-hmm. do you um, do you follow her on Instagram? Mm-hmm. So I follow her and like all of her girlfriends, and they like the Striker sisters mm-hmm. uh, and Cupcakes and Cashmere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and you know they all seem like very nice just you know mm-hmm. nice gals not really like uh i don't know they all feel very mandy yeah very sweet little ladies yes very like apologizing for no reason constantly to each other like yes yeah <laughs> yeah and they they go on all their girls trips uh mandy's bachelorette party where they all dressed up as um the wild wild country cult <laughs> yeah which i thought which i thought was very chic i was kind of i was kind of impressed that mandy would do something that um that off off the uh off in counterculture yeah it's cult. like off the beaten path a little bit oh like oh mama has a netflix account okay okay yeah and she <laughs> pays for it herself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's on auto pay, baby. All right. I don't even have to look if there's enough money in that debit account. <laughs> I know that that nine ninety nine is there. Okay. I bet Wilmer um, uses her password. Oh, for, Wilmer has a notebook of passwords next to his bed that like, is all of his girlfriend's things that are just like, it's Lindsay for Hulu, and then it was <laughs> Misha for Misha was Tubi. Oh man, and Misha too. My God, that man really just like getting around town. I know. I mean, ugh. And I can't believe that Mandy forgave him for that Howard Stern interview that he did. It will never. I never don't think about that when I like that interview is the very first thing that pops into my mind anytime anyone mentions Wilmer. It's like, if I see him, if I hear his name, I immediately go back to that interview. I, I can't not go there. 
and it, I feel like it speaks so much to his character. Like, I, I feel like there are probably some people who are maybe even listening to this who are like, you know what? Like, who cares if, like, a guy dates a younger woman? Like, she's her own person, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I feel like that interview was such an example of what his true character is. Yeah. For sure. Like, why would he, if he's some good guy, like, why was he talking like that? It was, like, A, a look into his character, and B, a look into how insecure he actually is, like you said earlier. Like, he needed for Howard Stern to think he was cool. Yeah. He needed for, like, the, the, the bros listening to Howard Stern to think he was cool. And I feel like he thought he had this responsibility as the guy who's dated all of these, like, girls that everybody wants to fuck in Hollywood like it's his responsibility to go on the show and like you know grab his crotch or whatever and like talk about like that stuff which is like it's insane like you are how do you need that much validation you you really need Howard Stern to be like oh you took Lindsay's virginity oh cool yeah, uh, and it, which is so gross to have that be some sort of like feather in your cap, mm-hmm. like oh, I took Mandy's virginity and then like Lindsay and blah blah blah. It's like, oh oh oh, great. So you had um terrible first time sex with a woman, like where yeah. she's um not enjoying herself at all, just right. just by nature of taking her virginity. Like good for you, I guess. And, like, the peak of her being, like, troubled. Yeah. It's, like, cool. Like, you had sex with a girl who, like, had basically been so mentally disturbed by everybody in her life that she, like, found herself to you. Exactly. And you're, like, bragging about being the guy that she was, felt like, that, like basically blinkoed to you. Like, cool. Exactly. Wow. It's so crazy. I It just dawned on me how many songs are about Wilmer from that era of like pop like Ashley uh oh my God. Simpson boyfriend is mm-hmm. about Lindsay and Wilmer and then pretty much all of that uh first Lindsay album yeah is Wilmer which is like can we talk for a second about how good that fucking album is though honey <laughs> I could talk about that album all fucking day Okay. It is so, it is a beautifully produced, like, nobody till you, I think, could still <gasps> be, like, a fucking, a, like, today. Uh, I completely agree. Nobody till you, oh, my God. I <laughs> Like, nobody till you, I think, could still be, like, a fucking, like, today. I completely agree. Nobody till you, oh, my God. I love that (laughs) song so much. I love that whole album. It's amazing. And I was, of course, a Lindsay stan when that came out. But I think it's still genuinely good because, like, I also had her second album. And that does not hold up the same way as the first, as Speak. No. No, Speak was, like, 
the weird thing that was happening, I feel like at that time was like a lot of girls who maybe shouldn't have been doing music, people like Paris and Lindsay, were like getting all of the guys who produced really good pop music to do their music too. Yeah. You know, so it was like maybe Paris shouldn't have done music, but her album actually was like great because it was produced by everybody who does great pop music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God. I, okay. Jealousy from Paris's album. Oh, goosebumps. Honestly, I, and about Nicole <laughs> Richie, it, it's honestly, I think it's, it stands on its own as a great song to this day. I only wanted what was best for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, there's so many songs on that album where I'm like, okay, this is actually, there's a song on that album called Heartbeat. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my God, where the beat of the, the, first of all, it's like this slow, like Carly Rae Jepsen, like, like heartbreaking, like 80s synth pop song. And then the beat of the song is a heartbeat. I'm like, this is too good for Paris. This is too good for her. (laughs) It really is. I mean, and even Stars Are Blind, like. Amazing. It, it, it just melodically, like, yes, it's like silly and poppy, but you can even break that song down. Okay. So I did, I wrote um, a jukebox musical about Paris, Lindsay, and Britney. Tell me more. Tell me more. What? <laughs> uh, I did oh. it at, at Hollywood Fringe Fest. Of course, I played Lindsay. Um, but one of the songs that that was in there was a cabaret version of Stars Are Blind. And it lends itself, the song lends itself so much to have like a, a vampy uh, piano under it. Like, it's a it's a legit song. It's a fucking good song. I don't remember who I was listening to the other day. I just heard somebody say on TV recently that um, people think it's easy to like write pop music when it's actually like pop is like the hardest thing to write. You Absolutely. know what I mean? If you can write a good pop song that like like you said melodically is like really really catchy and like has a quality that makes people want to sing the song before it's finished, even if it's, if it's the first time they've heard it. Like, yes. Wow. The yes. The very first time you hear Stars Are Blind, you are singing it before it's over. Absolutely. Oh, God. Honestly, I could start singing it right now. My God. I know. I know. I'm like hearing the sounds of like tropical beats in my head right now. Uh, I'm hearing waves. Oh, I hear the waves, honey. <laughs> my extensions are blowing all of a sudden. And I will say, you know, it's, it's not a Britney song, of course. It's not some, like, number one song that everyone knows. But right. when I sing it at karaoke, people are always – people recognize it, and they're always excited to hear it. Because <laughs> people love it. It's one of those songs that people secretly love. Yes. You know? Okay. I mean, this is another digression from Mandy, but I have to talk to it, and I feel about, about it, and I feel like you're the person. Um, so speaking of – random early 2000s girls that tried to have a music career hidden panettiere Mm -hmm. oh my god i forgot oh my god she's a fucking singer yeah okay have you ever um 
they took it off Spotify because I put it on the season one soundtrack for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it recently and it's like not on the playlist anymore. But um, God, what it's called Wake Up Call. I don't think I've ever heard it. Holy shit. Okay. Oh, fuck. As soon as we are done, I'm going to need you to fire up the old YouTube machine. Okay. And look up the Wake Up Call video with Hayden Panettiere. Um, the song is amazing. But you're gonna love the song. I've, uh, it's really good. But have you been up to date on what's going on with Hayden? I'm always obsessively following Hayden. Good, I have never good, talked good. about her on the podcast, and I don't know, I don't know how. I don't know who, what, where, when, and how. But I'm obsessed. I'm. Uh, <coughs> I didn't realize until uh, like this week that she's. Uh, I don't know. We should be worried about her. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. I mean, I had an idea. I was like, why is she um, engaged to a Russian boxer? Yeah. That's way too old for her. But now it's gotten even worse. We should have been worried about Hayden, truthfully. Yeah. Probably 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. Like, Hayden has... Of all of the stage moms, I'm talking like Brooke Shields, like everybody. Hayden has like some of the worst stage parents that literally gave birth to their children specifically for entertainment. Oh my God. There's no emotional tie. Her dad is the craziest, most psychotic alcoholic. Her mom is just like this drugged out, like worse than Dina. Like her family is fucking crazy and she has like some really 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 dark ties in Hollywood like Hayden is a mess dude like Hayden is like Hayden is like a mess it's really bad and you know I always sort of figured that there was something going on so I was a did you watch watch um Nashville I watched like the first season I think I don't think I finished it like I didn't like watch the like all the whole way through okay so it ended up, I mean, the first, like, the first season is the best. The second season is pretty good. Like, the music is actually, like, Hayden's songs are awesome. Yeah. But then, like, things went really off the rails, and then they killed off uh, Connie Britton, and it was just, like, a total mess. But they had this whole storyline in it where Hayden's character has a baby and then like has a whole postpartum depression thing Mm -hmm. which happened in real life but so I figured like you know she's engaged this guy way older than her she's like going to rehab for postpartum depression which I mean is admirable totally fine but just like 
I feel like so like what's going on? Something feels weird, and then she just like she hasn't been doing anything at all. Yeah. And now apparently her daughter hasn't been living with her for the past over a year. Yeah. She's like in the- she's not capable of being a parent. Like she, Hayden's addiction issues are like at a peak. Any girl you can think of, like whatever girl immediately comes to your mind when I say addiction issues in Hollywood, like peak. Like she is like really strung out and like she's a mess. Like Hayden is like a real serious addict. And it's so, it's so weird though how it, it it really isn't much of a story. I mean, like once I once I was tipped off to it, then I I went down the rabbit hole and found all the information I needed. Right. But it was I, I mean, I follow her a lot, and it was just like not even hitting my radar. Yeah. Somehow she's able to really. Um, I don't know. Like she. Like, her shit's, like, out there. Like you said, like if you look it up, it's easy to find. But they don't report on... Like, Hayden's stuff doesn't really get, like, reported on a lot, if that no. makes sense. So, her daughter is in the fucking Ukraine. Yeah. And then she is, like, with this, like, abuser. Yeah. I'm very worried. It's, like... It makes me really, really sad. It makes... Are you familiar with... Uh, this is like a whole... We could do an entire episode on this one, but are you familiar with Diana Jenkins? No. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. my God. It's school me, baby. Okay. So this is just like... I'm being serious. Like, this could truly be a series. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Wow. But, okay. uh, Diana Jenkins is this woman who's like really, 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 really connected to every everybody in Hollywood, like, people like Elton John, like, she has, like, ties to, like, really, really powerful people. And then she's friends with, like, Saudi princes and, like, presidents. Like, she's this woman who is just, like, abnormally connected to every powerful person in the world. And she, um, she's basically, like, a madam. Oh, wow. In other words, like, she's a madam, and she, like, connects people and, finds like guys and girls for celebrities and she's very discreet about it and oh my she, god dude she wrote a she released a coffee table book like <gasps> maybe five years ago and it's called room 23 and it's a book of her clients basically like george clooney is in it hayden is in it and what? amanda Bynes is in it Lindsay's in it uh, it's like a book of her celebrity clients, the people that she either like finds like escorts for, or <gasps> like people that she people like that maybe aren't making like a good amount of money that want to become like yacht girls. Holy shit! Yeah. So like, if you Google Room Twenty Three, the photos come up of the celebrities that are in this book, and it's fucking crazy. And she has this, like, extremely close connection to Hayden. Like, she calls Hayden, like, her, I don't remember, like, her little baby or, like, her little bit or little, something, like, little. Um, My God. But this woman is, like, a second mom to Hayden. And she's in the book. And I just, this book is, like, wild. I'm telling you, it could be, like, a whole series. It's called Room 23. When you look up the photos, 
you will die. Oh my. Okay. I, I don't, I like, I have to cancel all of my plans. <laughs> I know. I know. She is the ultimate. She's like the silver tuna, as Marv would say from Home Alone. Uh, she's the silver tuna. Like, she is like the thing that I'm afraid to touch. I'm afraid to know more about, but I can't stop researching. It's like, Everything about her is all very thinly veiled. Like anybody can look up stuff about her. And it's basically very well documented that she is the premier Hollywood madam. And if you look at her Instagram, the people who like comment on her posts and stuff, people like Paris and like Nicole Schwarzenberger and like all of these girls that just kind of check out, you're like, wow. Like, wow. How is no one... Uh, I wonder if someone has optioned that book because if they haven't, uh, Oh my God, dude. I'll be making a call. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I need several copies. It's on Amazon. Oh my God. If you think the first thing I'm doing after <laughs> we're done here isn't clickety clacking on the old Amazon search bar. <laughs> And you are sorely mistaken, my friend. <laughs> and literally, the even crazier thing is the theme of the coffee table book is, like, prostitution. Like, it's George... No, like, it's so blatant. Like, the, there's a, the cover of the book is George Clooney, like, putting a do not disturb thing on the door of his hotel and, like, a hooker sitting behind him. And <gasps> there's, like, these really glamorous photos of, like, Hayden getting ready to be fucked by, like... A, like a, a trick or whatever no and troy no yes yes it's like glamorous it's a gorgeous book but all of the whole theme of the book is celebrities in hotels either having sex with people for money or vice versa like hiring what? prostitutes fuck yeah oh my god okay so i'm getting this book i'm reading it uh <laughs> with a gun to my head as fast as I can. <laughs> yes, you guys, Google pictures. Just Google Room 23. It pops, like, immediately you'll see all of these really, they're gorgeous. I mean, Lindsay looks the best she's ever looked in this book, but the theme of her photo shoot is that she's, like, one hooker with, like, 90 guys in a room, like, about to have an energy. <gasps> oh yeah. my God. Okay, we're doing, I'm reading this, and then we're doing an episode. I would love to i would absolutely adore it i i would simply adore it (laughs) (gasps) oh my god troy this was so much fun yes we got a little off topic no i'm sorry we always do i'm sorry it's my fault no it's my fault because when i'm when i'm with you over the internet (laughs) i just we just have to explore every topic every avenue I know. We lose I, ourselves. We lose ourselves in the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on, seriously. Um, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Tell us a little about The Smush Room if um, people have not heard. Yeah. So The Smush Room is a podcast where I basically, in a nutshell, talk about all this kinds of stuff. Um, I break down celebrity relationships and sometimes over the span of like three or four weeks and just every single detail, all of the things I can find. It's very like a beautiful mind. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> it's like that energy. Um, and yeah, it's S-M-U-S-H-R-O-O-M. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and all the things. Um, and then, yeah, you can find me on the internet everywhere at Troy McEady. It's T-R-O-Y-M-C-E-A-D-Y. Uh, you are God's gift to this <laughs> cruel, cruel world. <laughs> oh, God. I, yeah, we need to... Uh, please let me know as soon. Like, literally, when we're done recording and you Google image Room 23 book, like, just message me. I will. Oh, okay. baby, I will. I just want to know the moment your eyes see the things. I want to see. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I cannot wait. And... Yeah, thank you, Troy. And you guys, you know where to find my podcast because you're listening to it right now. <laughs> yeah, if you made um, it this far. If you made it this far, I trust that you can find me again in the future. Uh, <laughs> but uh, follow us on Instagram and, you know, throw us a, a five-star rating. If you give me a one-star, um, I, I will immediately stop this podcast forever. <laughs> me too. I can't handle it. <laughs> If you give her a one, I'll stop as well. So that's on that's on you guys. So a five star or nothing. <laughs> uh, and I love you all. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye. Bye. I was lonely.